Hey there, all you wildcats. Welcome to uh, River Heights Radio. I'm Carl. I'm Hope. And we're here to talk about the pride of our hometown, uh, Miss Nancy Drew, that kid detective. Uh, today we are going to be discussing uh, the first book we read through, my first book ever, Nancy Drew book. My first <laughs> My first Nancy True book. The first book I ever read. This would put so me you off. you know he knows what he's talking about. This would put me off reading if it was the first book. <laughs> it was pretty bad. And Hope, you've read, how many do you think? About 40, I think. In your life. 40 times, 40 books. What do you got here? 40 books. As a kid, I only had one book. And it was later on. It's like The Secret of Shadow Ranch, I think. And I read that many times. It was my favorite. Oh, okay. But all the rest I've read as an adult because I think they're just a really easy like afternoon read. Okay, okay. Is this the first time you read The Secret of the Old Clock? No, I think it's the second time, but it's the same copy. This one's from 1959. Now you said, you mentioned to me, this is, I found this interesting. There are different editions, is mm -hmm. that right? Mm -hmm. um, how, how, do you know how those differ? Or, like, is it just updates and stuff? They just are, like, do are they just less mean to women in the newer ones, or? <laughs> I wouldn't say that. My understanding is that they very minorly edited things. Like, it's not supposed to be anything too extensive. But I'm no expert, but, like, maybe, like, some word choices or descriptions or activities change. But the books themselves were also written over a long time period. Obviously, there's a lot of Nancy Drew books. Well... Uh, the Secret of the Old Clock is the first in the series, and I gotta say, did not an easy read. I mean, easy to read. They didn't start out strong. I, it was um, fun fun to read insofar as it was quick and easy. Oh, and yeah. I look forward to more. I remember halfway through you were, <laughs> I was, I, as I'm commenting loudly on the book while sitting near you, mm. uh, <laughs> I said, you know, oh, there's a, there's a will. And you said, but where could it be hidden? <laughs> Yes. I don't know, Hope. I don't know. And you showed me the cover. Repeatedly. With the secret of the old clock. Yes. I don't know. Here's Nancy, I'm... kneeling in a field in her lime green dress with oh, a screwdriver yeah. that she's clearly just haphazardly taking to the front of a clock. Which, the best part is, as if in order to get this like cover correct, the author had her get out of the car to do this. Because it was just like... Too unwieldy to do in the car. No, no. That happens in the book. That's what I'm saying. She's like on a chase. She has to get to the police in time to tell them where the thieves went. But she wants to find the will. But she has to find the will. So she takes it out of the car. It's too big to do in the car. So she takes it out mm -hmm. and like just kneels in the grass so that you can have... So, because it just wouldn't be a good cover. They also have another beautiful scene later that is described. But this one is just what a lovely scene for an oil painting. You know, like, it feels like they're trying to insert this literature into their very basic, dull book. Yeah. You know? The way things are written in this book, I tell you, first of all, Nancy becomes thrilled about five times in this thing. She doesn't have a boyfriend yet in this one. <laughs> you just wait. All right, all right, all right. You're going to meet him soon. I'm looking forward to seeing what, what boy wins the heart of this perfect young lady. I'm just saying, like, even when she meets him... It's like, oh, is are they are they gonna get married? We don't know. I, I was gonna show you this use of thrilling. I wonder if I'll have another 
mystery half as thrilling. That's what she wonders at the end. Really, the idea is that Nancy Drew is a very good girl, but she gets her thrills from helping others. Yeah. <laughs> Hope has just what appears to be a notebook full of loose papers with notes on them. Hey, I write very big. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I think uh, top used words in this book are uh, reasonable, thrilled, mm-hmm. smartly. Oh yeah, very smartly. <laughs> Attractive. I'm gonna give a short shout out to the caretaker. He had my favorite word of the book with hornswoggled. Yeah, they gave him. They wrote an accent in for him. Yeah, 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 yeah. But here's his description of the thieves. I can sure give a good description of those crooks. I'd never forget their ugly faces. <laughs> yes, ding it, rascal thieves. Yeah, ding it. Ding it. Oh, absolutely. I would love for I would love to meet a character in one of these Nancy Drew books, uh, in which they say he was, you know, short, stout, and ugly, but a nice guy, but just a great pal, a, a friendly, a friendly face. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember how they described one of these girls when she was at the uh, mm-hmm. what's the name of the department store? Taylor's department store. They described her as looking like diseased or something. Oh yeah. Pestilence? Is that was that it? She looked pestilent. And she looks even worse when she's angry. Which with that which point they said she was almost ugly, which you've already you've you've crossed that, I feel like. Well, to be fair though, for these bad guys, they are kind of bad in ways that we would accept today. They're being mean to customer service, like very rude to customer right. service. Ripping dresses and leaving. Oh, so, also the bad guys. I don't think we should forget them. <laughs> three squat men. Oh, three squat stealing men. Stealing furniture. I believe short and heavy set. One had dark hair, the other light, and they had kind of large noses. I, I wish everybody could see this. Uh, Hope has a perfect police sketch <laughs> of each of the three men that she made. Well, what I really imagined was if you've seen 101 Dalmatians, the cartoon. Yeah. Like, there, it's Horace and Jack. I absolutely ma- imagined every one of these men <laughs> in a black and white striped shirt. <laughs> yes. like, they were the, like they were the cookie crisp burglars. <laughs> so, Nancy Drew, for me, is a detective whose thing is, like, her power, is that wherever she goes, someone will tell her the next thing she needs to know. Well, I, like... Nancy's true superpower, and I think this holds true for many of the books, is entitlement. (laughs) (laughs) She is entitled to go places and say things and ask (laughs) questions and always talk to the police in any town. Mm -hmm. And they should know her father. And, you know, her father's a lawyer. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. She did. She went where she wanted. She she would say things like... uh, I'll look for the names in the mailboxes. She parks her car, her new uh, blue uh, convertible. convertible that she got for her birthday. For her birthday. She gets many cars throughout the books <laughs> for her birthday. She parks it just in someone's barn. Yeah. Because it was raining. Why not? Like, sure. And the the, the mm-hmm. chapter ends with a scream in some sort of Goosebumps-esque a cliffhanger attempt. And then it's just a woman screaming that Nancy had parked there. But I guess when she sees that Nancy's like a white woman, she's like, "You're that's fine. Yeah, and then she invites her in and gives her food. Right. Even though that they barely had the money to like... Yeah. To, to barely... Like they had to crowdsource a cake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're poor, but that's okay. Well, it's a good kind of poor where they're unmarried and women. 
I feel like Nancy is supposed to be the all-American girl. Like, mm-hmm. that's why there's so much food or clothes. It's basically advertisement. Like, be like this, act like this. These are our morals. I think it's going to be interesting to kind of see because it's so clear that Nancy is supposed to be the ideal young lady that you're looking up to. I think it's interesting to see how the fashion changes. I think it's interesting to see how the food changes, Mm -hmm. the ideas of food, um, and even their house, I believe, changes. Her relationship with the... uh, Housekeeper. Housekeeper. Miss Hannah. Who, you know, right now is just a housekeeper. Later on, I feel like it's, it's much more than that. She's more of a mother figure. You had a lot of food you wanted to talk about. Well, yeah, food is gonna be a thing for me in these books. And the clothing. I could describe my favorite meal of the book. This is a segment called Hope's Favorite Meal of the Book. They ate a chicken sandwich. Chicken sandwich. Some cocoa. Cocoa. Ew. And Hannah cut a large slice of cinnamon cake. Large slice of cinnamon cake. Over which she poured. (laughs) Over which she poured. Hot applesauce. Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't remember that at all. I blocked that out. Chicken sandwich and cocoa. That's a weird, that's a weird, that's a lot of hot foods. There's no, there's nothing cool to, to balance that out. A lot of hot. Cinnamon cake with hot applesauce. Hot cocoa, hot chicken sandwich, yeah. spicy chicken sandwich. And this is the middle of summer. They keep referencing how hot I, it is. No, because this was like, and this was like a midnight mm. snack, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Hannah doesn't know what the hell she's doing. I want to try cinnamon cake with hot applesauce, though. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to try that. <laughs> well, you'll eat some cinnamon cake if I I'll try the cake. You were going to talk about all the people she uh, busts into the lives of, right? Well, okay, so we have uh, we have the two great aunts mm-hmm. and their five-year-old daughter. And then they've unfortunately not married because they had to raise their niece. I guess. I, there's a lot of Sapphos and her friend in here. Anyway, so... A lot, of, a lot of same-sex couples just hanging out. Well, yeah. So, anyway, so Nancy's going to help them get money. And uh, then the two bachelors are living together. Mm-hmm. I think they're brothers. And then there's also two other women... Sisters. Sisters. Always. With a younger sister they're taking care of. All the children are very good at singing. And one of them needs... Is like operatic level. Oh God! Could be a future opera star. They they take they take this girl just for as a diversion mm-hmm. to this famous voice coach and he, <laughs> who's retired to a small city. Yeah, and Nancy doesn't know this guy, Mm-mm. but in her entitled way, she yeah. knocks on his door uh-huh. and says, "Hey, I got a friend, and I'd like you to hear her." And this gentleman, he he lampshades that this is not what you do. He's like, this is, oh, out of the question. But for you. But for you. (laughs) You seem like a reasonable enough girl. I don't think you would waste my time. So I'll do it. Uh I'll waste my time. So then he does it. He says he'll give her the lessons. And he's so emphatically into this girl that he's sure she's going to be an opera star. And he's like, I would love to teach her, but I can't do it. I can't afford it. I can't do it for free. Can't afford it. You know all that time right they've got him like playing there's a little picture of him playing piano like on this grand piano in front of this big window Mm. like what what, how do you not have an extra two hours a week for someone who might be an opera star the only thing he'll give her is a a 
discount, mm-hmm. which she still can't afford. <laughs> we, but Nancy's yeah. like, oh, don't you worry. We'll get you your money. We're going to get the money because I am quite mm-hmm. sure. Oh, my God. And we haven't even talked about the gentleman with this will who has promised half of the town, it seems like. Like, Nancy go, goes around this whole time. The, mm-hmm. the whole crux of her believing that there is another will. Mm-hmm. So that all these people can have the money that they deserve for, you know, for knowing this guy. Is that he told all of them. He said, I'm going to remember, I gotcha. But, like, there's no reason to think that this rich old man isn't just, that's, that could just be what he does. Yeah. I'm not going to tip you, but don't worry. He's a deceased eccentric. <laughs> I got you in my will. Don't worry. He's repeatedly referred to as odd. But finally in the end, he's odd but smart. <laughs> you know, there's a shift there. So he's he's promised a lot of people into his will, but for some reason he was willing to be held hostage, I guess, by this family. I like at one point the uh, the girl from Nancy's school, Ida, I think, mm-hmm. she says, Mom sure was smart never to accept money for room and board. Mm-hmm, that was smart. How, he, how, though? How was that smart? He didn't leave them the money. Because they thought that would mean that he would leave them the money. But he... he, he, he doesn't make yeah. sense. Either. They're like, oh, but we were friends with him for the last two years mm-hmm. of his life. So okay. Nancy shows up. She's I'm just going to go find some relatives of this guy. Mm-hmm. Let's see how many people he promised, you know, a windfall when he dies. Nancy goes to this one's house. And she ends up being the one who cracks the case. Because she's like, oh, I remember something about an old clock. Yeah, yeah. Right? Not only is she poor mm-hmm. and starving, mm-hmm. undernourished, mm-hmm. but she is recently been injured oh yeah yeah this is uh this is not a, a woman who's doing well so nancy knocks on the door and the in these pre-life alert times yeah. this woman <laughs> is lying on the floor unable to right herself mm-hmm. and so nancy comes in pretty much saving this woman's life who would rather die than have someone pay for the doctor it's not just rather die she gets there and this woman has basically accepted death well she doesn't have a phone yeah she says I'm laying on the floor. No one was going to come by. I had made peace with my God. I was going to die here. And Nancy's like, well, let me get you medicine. And the woman says no. And what does Nancy think about that? It's hard to say because I'm sure that the the book in, in all of its... I mean, advertising, you know, capitalist nonsense, uh, you know, is all, you know, pro this rugged individuality. But in the end, Nancy doesn't take her money. She's like, I'm just going to leave the only five dollars you have in the world Well, that's what I was going to say. She gives her all sorts of charity. She buys her all groceries and medicine. And the uh, question of being able to pay for a doctor is an interesting one. Oh, that's interesting. Is that, do you think that's uh, pertinent right now? Do you, think do you think that's on the public's mind? If any of you listening out there have fallen and are going to die unless a scrappy kid detective swings by, you know, think about how you're voting. Anyone she meets, she's like, put a good word in. Put a good word in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take care of that guy. Don't, except the Potom sisters. They're... Well, they're very ugly. Oh, man, mean. They ripped that dress, so then she gets a discount on it. <laughs> That's how shopping works. She's so good at shopping. And she, <laughs> when the when the girl comes back, uh, the saleswoman, and says, oh, I'm going to get in trouble, Nancy says, no, you won't. They'll give it to me for 50% off, and everyone will be happy. But I don't, does that happen? Can I just go rip stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, maybe back then. I don't know how clothes stores worked back then. Like she's so it's the book starts mm-hmm. 
with her watching a little girl fall from a bridge. And as, as her two old patrons bring her inside, I believe she'll come too in a few minutes, said Nancy, who's not a doctor, by the way. Oh, what, based no. on what? She's very smart. Right. We, we're told that. We're told that pretty often. <laughs> but it honestly does seem, though, that like Nancy goes from place to place, and the thing she wants to talk about just is whatever. It's on everyone's mind already. Why not? Well, and the book literally starts with her saving this child. If she hadn't rest, like brought the child to the house, would they have been able to find her? Like no, that would have been a dead kid. Yeah, and if Nancy had just been like a normal citizen, she would have just drop, driven on on by. Mm-hmm. Half of her information is mm. gossip. Oh yeah, which I, which I she doesn't partake in. She is too. What did it say? She's too classy, right, mm. to participate in gossip. Oh, very. On discreet. the same page <laughs> that they that they say Nancy was too discreet to engage in gossip. Which, like, she just got all her, all her information from this gossip. In the same page, she tells her father this whole story. Too discreet indeed, Nancy. Mm-hmm. You tell your father it all. Half her information comes from gossip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she gossips her way to an old clock. Mm-hmm. She steals the clock yeah. from the robber's van. Yeah. She, with, she withholds the clock, mm-hmm. the clock from the police officers. Mm-hmm. Doesn't tell them about it. Finally returns the clock. I'm just saying there's some legality issues here with uh, Miss Nancy's detective work. In the, in the, I was reading just this morning that in the original beginning of the series, she would have been 16, not 18, mm-hmm. which changed, changes things quite a bit, I think. In context, she also was more, quote unquote, unruly. Which I absolutely love because this book, which does hate women. Yes. I don't. It, it is critical of all women who are not Nancy. Well, and it's it says it all on the first page. How does it say it? It's like Nancy is thinking to herself, and she's an she's an attractive girl of eighteen, <laughs> attractive, and uh, she says she thinks to herself, it sure is fun to help my dad with his work. <laughs> and then it at is one, fun. one point, the judge is like having lunch with her, and he's just like, "Oh, you still doing that?" helping your dad's stuff nancy ha 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 catch that so like she's not a detective yet get that nancy drew in line well i think there's multiple times in the book she's like well i'm speeding but you know it's to stop the robbers yeah the one time she's like oh i almost hope the cops would stop me because i need to tell them i guess i have a message for them yeah yeah. if you don't have a phone (laughs) and you need to get a hold of the cops just Just hit 100 yeah she doesn't have a cell phone. Right. But I do they pull her over and she's just like, I'm so glad I got a hold of you. And that's an Someone interesting... was walking on the lawn back there and there's that's clearly posted you. I saw a loiterer. so okay, do you do you take exception to Nancy's uh, excellence? Are you one of these who are the sis, the sisters who hated her? The Topham sisters. The Topham sisters. I think it's Ada and Isabel. Right. Are, I don't know if they're regulars. I'm they excited. Sound horrible. Like they I don't think they are, but we'll find out. They're they're but apparently hideous. Well, yes, but also in high school they tried to like turn people against her. Right. So, and who would do such a thing? I know, to miss perfect means. 
This case is really just a legal battle. The most exciting thing that happens is she gets herself locked, in a closet. locked into a closet yeah. <laughs> to be starved. This is what I honestly felt. She, yeah, to be starved. <laughs> she honestly seemed to go from place to place just finding things out that she needed to know until at the culmination she was locked in a closet and solved the case by escaping the closet. And that was kind of it. Well, yeah. What, which, by the way, if we're talking about, like, where the, you know, height, where the, the most exciting moment is, I, I don't know how, you're an English major or something, aren't you? <laughs> something right? Something like that, yeah. yeah. So you, you've got the, the rising action, the dating, all that. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. after she solves this case, there's still, like, five goddamn chapters. Well, because, yeah, and that's the thing, is, like, this is so... She figures out it's in the clock, but then she has to get the clock. Right. She gets the clock, but it's not in the clock. It's, uh, it's yeah. It's not. It's in a safe deposit box. But don't worry. No, no, no. First, it's <laughs> just not in the clock. Yeah. But Nancy's very smart. Mm-hmm. So she so shakes she, the clock. She shakes it. And she figures out that there's a secret door. So she pries that out open with skill. And then... <laughs> <laughs> There's a notebook. And then it has to detail her reading the whole notebook. Mm -hmm. On the last page, there's the information about the lockbox. But even then, yeah, even then what we have is a notebook that leads to a lockbox with a will in it. And that's it. Yeah, but then the big mystery is which bank is this lockbox at? (laughs) So they have to talk to a judge. No, because she had overheard gossip. When they're waiting to see if they can get into this lockbox, one of my favorite things. Mm -hmm. We're jumping all around here. I don't know. Fine. Uh, the dad says, the dad's like, it, well, listen, the will might not even be in there. <laughs> he goes, I remember one case in Canada years ago. Oh, yeah. An eccentric oh, yeah. Frenchman died and left directions to the lock to look in a trunk of old clothes for a will. In the pocket of a coat were found further instructions to look in the closet of his home. There the family found a note telling them to look in a copper boiler. The boiler had disappeared, but was finally located in a curiosity shop. Inside, pasted on the bottom, was what proved to be a word puzzle in Chinese. The Frenchman's heirs were about to give up in despair when a chi- when a Chinese, by the way, I'm going to hope he means person. Yeah, could, could be anything. With the Frenchman. Could be anything. A Chinese meal? I don't know. Mm. God. Is that a slur? That I feel like it's so old. Am I slurring when I say that? I apologize. I I don't know if it's a slur, but I do. But not it's not think what you say. Right. I think it's bad. Like I think I can say that for a, a thing. It, you know, you don't be like, oh, it's a son when you're talking about somebody. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's this impersonalization that happens. Right. I think the person is what they dropped. Uh, found the puzzle. And the gold was under a board in his bedroom floor. I, I wish I could have read that book. Now that's an... You have the outline of an interesting mystery. <laughs> and you just hide it in the second to last chapter of your uninteresting mystery about tr- about talking to people about a will that might exist. Well, not only that, but this whole story he tells her so that she will give up hope. Or not get her hopes up. Right. But then the outcome's good. Well, I think we both made note of at least one interesting little quote from this book to kind of draw some light on... uh, Oh my god. I know what quote you're going to do, too. (laughs) Our dear Nancy Drew. I Um, laughed out loud when I read this. Selecting a recently constructed highway. Nancy rode along, glancing occasionally at the neatly planted fields on either side. 
Beyond were rolling hills. Pretty, she commented to herself. Oh, why can't all people be nice like this scenery and not make trouble? <laughs> why can't you just be something I look at, world? <laughs> We've got a lot of layers here. We've got a recently constructed highway. Mm, okay. New. Okay, yeah. New. Uh, we've got neatly planted fields, organized. We've got rolling hills in the distance, you know. Round. Round. <laughs> Nature. <laughs> but it's pretty, you know, so why can't everybody not make trouble? I, I love, you've really, I, I feel like you've dug into, like, all the, like, mm. uh, symbolism that we have here. But I just read that and I'm like, that's the shallowest sh I've ever heard. Well, it is. It's very shallow. Yeah, like you could not drown a toddler in the depth of Nancy's thoughts here. Well, and it doesn't really exactly make sense. It's not like a metaphor. No! Like, people should be more like newly constructed highways. What empty-headed young woman is walking around thinking like, what a nice view. I wish people were like a nice view. Okay, don't get me wrong. You're driving along in your car for hours. Okay. You 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 have a few dumb thoughts, you know. Don't put them all in the book. Yeah, this isn't the, <laughs> this isn't the thought I would like to be remembered about me. <laughs> As Hope drove along, she thought, "I wonder if monkeys can reach <laughs> their own butts to scratch it." Yes, yes. It's like shower thoughts, right? But like even shower thoughts, a little bit more interesting, perhaps. Well, you, hopefully, at least. Uh, I was I reading very quickly by the end. Yeah. yeah. I, I said, yeah. By the end of this book, I was like, <laughs> I know what happened. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I feel like the I feel like the book uses the last chapter to try to psych me up for the hidden staircase. Oh yeah, they do that. Yeah. Like, oh, Nancy didn't know what would be coming, but you do. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, I look forward to continuing to discover how to be cool throughout this series. How to be cool throughout time. Clue. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, this has been The Secret <laughs> of the, the Old, old Clock. clock. Uh, thank you for listening to River Heights Radio. Uh, as always, I'm Carl. And I'm Hope. Go Wildcats! to have a special episode about this video game sometime i have a we have a there's a host of video games we can um oh i don't know put them on our patreon remember to support us at our patreon <laughs> you can email us at riverheightsradio at google.com or find our patreon river heights radio we'd really appreciate it instagram at river heights radio twitter at river heights fm River Heights Radio on Facebook and River Heights Radio on YouTube. Uh, and give us a review or five stars on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you're listening. Yeah, if you listen this far, I mean, why not? We actually put a, a lot of hours into these episodes, but we're having a lot of fun. That's oh, a blast. So it's all thank for you, you guys. for listening. <laughs> An extra special big thanks to Robert Busby for composing and recording this podcast's musical intro, and to the wonderful Hope Busby for editing this entire thing. You guys make it happen. <laughs>